0: section four of war letters from a young queenslander by robert marshall allen this librivox recording is in the public domain section four connaught rangers sixth of february nineteen fifteen i have been transferred for a week to a famous regiment the connaught rangers while their doctor goes on leave we go up to the trenches in a couple of days and i am expecting some new experience My duty is to sit all day in my aid-post, just behind the trenches, and fix up the men. If we go back to the old spot, I shall be at the bottom of that road, and someone else will have the pleasure of sprinting down to me. The dangers are increased in my new post, but one does not care, and I am not going to recklessly expose myself. I believe a big battle will be fought when we are up this time, and that will mean some strenuous work ahead of me. Just now I am sitting in a poor farmhouse. My room is cold and small and damp i have my coat and muffler and balaclava cap on and yet i feel cold oh for a queensland summer day just to warm up it's good to get back to the irish accent again i understand them and that makes a lot of difference my servant is a simple soul of the west he solemnly told me yesterday that in his opinion the war would not be over until peace is signed another man gave a very good definition of a trench periscope a thing you look in here and see there as our billets are very scattered i mess along with the priest father pearl a very lovable old man he is very tolerant and of such a fine character that one instinctively likes him to-morrow he is going to give the men communion before we go up he told me many tales of battles in which this fine regiment has been decimated receiving the blessing on the battlefield before they dashed forward and upheld the name of their regiment in this war the connaughts in particular have added to their glorious history they came out here with nine hundred men and were reduced at one time to three hundred the present battalion is made up of the remnants of four and this is not uncommon yesterday a Tauber cruised over us and dropped not bombs but leaflets they apparently thought we were french i enclose one as a souvenir how futile the methods are the leaflet was printed in french and translated reads french soldiers the opinion widely circulated in your ranks that french prisoners are shot by the germans is not true on the contrary they are absolutely well treated by the germans the artillery has been hard at it to-day and my windows have been rattling with the concussion though the guns are at some distance regarding your remarks on tetanus we are not seeing so much of it now as at the end when we were on highly cultivated soil You are correct about its main characteristics. The organism stays in the wound and the poison alone circulates. It shows a peculiar attraction for the brain and spinal cord, and this of course makes its treatment more difficult. As a prophylactic, the serum is of undoubted value, but it is a matter of dispute if it has any remedial effect after the convulsions have started. Personally, I have grave doubts, and I know this is the opinion of those who have seen a lot of cases. We give prophylactic injections to all cases with wounds of the extremities whether one dose is sufficient and whether it has really stopped the onset of the trouble is a debatable point all these points are being worked out by skilled laboratory men here i can however tell you of the positive advantages of typhoid inoculation all these cases go to my old base hospital at bologna so far there have been two hundred and fifty cases in the whole expeditionary force and eighty five per cent of these have occurred in non inoculated cases the majority of the others are those with doubtful histories of inoculation or only one dose among those who have been inoculated and have contracted the disease no deaths have occurred these results have not yet been published but they are authentic personally i have had no time for research my work is that of the clinician and up here i only do first aid work my duty is to evacuate the wounded as soon as possible and to make them comfortable still during my time at the base i got a good insight into the treatment of cases and i know the value of rival treatments twelfth of february nineteen fifteen. i am again up in the firing line we left our resting-place early one morning and trudged across country in the usual mud of varying density i shall never complain again about any place after this war we pitched our tents in a small village where i had been previously the billeting officer greeted me with the following cheery remarks sorry old man but a shell dropped on your billet a couple of days ago and killed a few people i just smiled one usually finds that once a shell lands on a given point it is safe to go there for some time afterwards i went to the house and found the courtyard spattered with blood and a big hole caused by a jack johnson it was a stray shell which apparently had fallen short the effect of the explosion was rather curious on one side of the house which was built round a hollow square all the windows had been blown in and also all the doors everything was in confusion in the rooms and splinters of glass six inches long were sticking fast into the walls the walls themselves and the ceiling were perforated i got the mess cleared up and soon made a snug corner though a trifle airy there was a wireless installation in the house and i was rather suspicious about it while here the men going into the trenches were issued rubber boots and whale oil was served out frostbite or something very much akin to it has been a great trouble all winter both French and British medical authorities are agreed that it is not true frostbite. It is due to boots and puttees being left on for long periods. The puttees get wet and shrink a bit and contract the legs, interfering with the blood supply to the toes. As a result of this deprivation of blood, a condition of semi gangrene sets in. To avoid it, we endeavor to get the men to take their boots off at least once a day and rub their feet whale oil is now being issued and i do not know exactly why it has been chosen it is a very heavy oil and is poured into the boot and allowed to work into the foot through the socks i swapped my rubber boots for a bigger pair and the further history of my old pair was rather tragic during the afternoon a battery of four point seven inch guns began playing the good old game of dogging the rabbit gunner slang for shelling a position to drive the enemy out and then catching him as he runs back the noise was deafening the following day was wet and very cheerless we set out at four thirty p m for the trenches it had stopped raining and the sunset was visible we were nine hundred strong and stretched over a good long piece of road as we got near our objective the enemy began to shell us i have got inured to bullets but shells do make me funked as i freely admit it is not a nice sensation to hear the whistle as they pass over one's head and the more gurgly sound as they drop near the end luckily all the shells fell just behind us i found that my aid post was a deserted farmhouse well down the road to the trenches in fact the last house it was very comfortable and we had plenty of room there was only one part damaged and the big hole in the road just to remind one that such things had come over we soon got it into shipshape condition and were ready for action the trenches are about a thousand yards away and this is a quiet spot compared to where i last was i heard lately that the latter place was now abandoned for the germans had shelled it severely and knocked the roof off this is a haven of rest compared to it though it is a wonder they haven't stirred us up more the last few days have been very clear and aeroplanes have been busy we all get under cover when one comes over and then we watch the anti-aircraft guns at work it is very noticeable how complete an ascendancy we have over the germans as regards aeroplanes no taubers have been here for months but we have had aviatics biplanes only one has gone up recently and two of ours soon settled him and made him retreat it was fascinating to watch our one circle round and round with german shrapnel bursting and going right into it quite unconcerned the german shell breaks with a much louder report than ours and the smoke is very dense and woolly hence the name given by our men to those shells woolly bears just as we are ahead of them in that line so we are with artillery this spot is a fair inferno of noise every afternoon with eighteen pounders and six-inch howitzers blazing off and we get very few replies either the big guns are gone or else they have to husband their ammunition more nowadays what a curious life it is here and how one gets so used to it and just walks about heedless of the shells it is difficult to give you a picture of the actual front just a stretch of flat country intersected by trees and ruined houses about half a mile away is a ruin and some battered houses there are the reserves and in front of them the trenches one hundred and fifty yards in front of them are the germans between is a sea of mud anybody trying to cross that must go step by step through the mud and you can understand what slaughter the opposite side would make during any such attack that is why we do not advance at present we must just sit tight and wait and you at home read the papers and say there is nothing in them that is true regarding large movements but every day the artillery is at work and so are the rifles and snipers and each evening we have our share of killed and wounded nothing more dismal and depressing could be imagined than this black country of france we must stay in cold rooms all day as we cannot have smoke issuing out the chimneys at night we warm up the most impressive sight i have seen recently was the burial of three of our men one of whom came in wearing the boots i had discarded a young fellow who tried to find out what the enemy were doing in this direction and who paid the penalty we covered their heads and then each was carried up the street on a stretcher their bodies were quite exposed each in his mud-stained uniform and his hands stiff in rigor mortis there was a small cemetery along the road a new one with only wooden crosses but already too large there on a dull and cold winter afternoon they were quietly laid to rest never to return to the emerald isle at night everything is inky black one hears the challenge of sentries and the answers flares go up from the trenches and light up the country with a ghostly bluish-white light throwing into relief the dark outline of farmhouses crack crack go the rifles and the rapid staccato stutter of the maxims is occasionally heard parties of men walk past in the gloom going down or returning from digging trenches or relieving those in them and sometimes stretcher-bearers bring up wounded to me now and then a vivid flash and then the roar tells of big guns firing true it is a weird and unnatural existence but somehow one seems to have been always at it this slow waiting game has no glories but sometime soon we shall begin and then the medical staff will be overworked we all believe the end will come sooner than we expect and we live in that hope Eighteenth of February 1915 I told you in my last about our guns bombarding the enemy vigorously, but eliciting practically no reply. One would sit all day in the post or wander up and down the road with impunity. However, one afternoon we stirred them up in earnest. They got the range of our battery causing them the most trouble, and let it have a good dose. Shells whistled over us, but we did not mind. Later on I heard that all our transport had to be shifted to a safer spot then they began to search backwards dropping shells shorter each time that was where we came in as usual the medico got right in the way of it shells dropped all around us and knocked haystacks sky high i thought it was rather warm in my room and came outside as i did a shell landed on the roof of the billet opposite my window went through and did not burst until it reached the wall which was blown clean out the men were mostly outside watching the fun as they were covered in debris three men were knocked out by this time things were decidedly sultry we had no funk hole and had just to crouch against the wall and pray to god the next one did not land on us it was a terrorizing twenty minutes and one which i shall take a long time to forget we did not just hear the whistle of a passing shell but heard them coming then the swishing sound as they drop and then bang high explosive percussion shrapnel was being used i admit straight away that i was very funked still i managed to watch how the average tommy behaved thomas atkins is a marvel in many ways he absolutely disregards bullets and does not seem to care greatly about shells however he does not like bombs the men around me always run out to see where a shell burst when one has nothing to do just sheltering from shells is not pleasant to put it mildly but when you have a job on such as dressing wounds you do not mind nearly so much the following day i returned to the ambulance once more i have been asked by the senior medical officer in charge of the division to take a regular commission this time he definitely stated that these commissions were being offered to a few specially selected temporary men while i greatly appreciate the honor he did me in including my name on that list i refused again the men here are keen for me to join but the life does not offer any permanent attraction i think you will share with me the pleasure of knowing that my work has met with official approval i certainly am getting a variety of jobs this time i have been in charge of the transport and indian personnel i did not fancy myself as a vet but i get along as well as i can our natives have been very hard workers all along and have done extremely good work under fire there has been some slackness amongst only a few of them and this has been checked by giving these few a good whipping that appeals more to them than hard labour yesterday i was run into a new and yet old job i am supposed to have a bit of a way with me regarding an irish accent and also able to persuade people to do things they do not want to do the captain of a neighbouring battery had twenty men to be inoculated and only six were willing he came over for advice and told us that the men were all london bus drivers and the ringleader a regular hyde park orator the acting o c promptly deputed me to try and talk them round and meet them in debate at first the gunner man did not want to include the orator as he thought the latter would be too much for me however i said let em all come as you know i had some experience with this type of ignorant objectors at aldershot so we met and i talked simply to them and told them about it and what i had seen at bologna where we had all the cases i reminded them about the water supply here and the awful middens then i asked them to put any questions they had the orator was soon at work and quoted a case of death after injection but i had read about the case and was ready for him eventually i got them all done including the orator and my o c and the other one were very pleased with the result the germans have been very busy in the last few days bombarding our lines the town i was in at first and from which i had to beat a hurried retreat has got it badly it wasn't much to look at then but now many more homes have been hit several big ones have been absolutely blown to pieces i was up there today, and a couple of shells whizzed over it is remarkable how many german shells are blind that is do not explode recently at least forty per cent of their shells have not burst this seems to point to deterioration in their manufacture twenty seventh of february nineteen fifteen our weather is slowly improving the days are brighter though recently we have had snow but the country is absolutely waterlogged. you strike water one foot down it is indescribably dreary and depressing we live in an atmosphere of middens when up at the front we come round them and then back we go to rows of smelly villages however the summer will be much worse one often wonders what will happen if the lines do not move by the spring at present decomposing bodies lie in no man's land between the trenches and have lain there since november the men in the trenches can hardly dig now for disturbing corpses they drained or rather dragged a certain trench near where we were recently rather unwisely i think and they fished up numbers of dead bodies of officers and men posted as missing there is no pleasant thing in war just horror after horror in one village where we had very large fighting there are thousands of dead buried and many still above ground that place should be razed entirely referring to the composition of the indian forces the writer states each brigade consists of four regiments two british and two native i am in the ambulance attached to the british section all our personnel are natives but we do not treat natives they are looked after by the indian medical service men of course all our officers speak hindustani our men are not high caste and the weather has been very hard on them but they have worked well we left our advance station on the twenty fourth for some days before the remains of the village where i first had to leave were heavily shelled i went up one afternoon on an urgent message to collect some cases we got there at five p m just when the shelling usually is on no sooner there than the familiar whistle was heard and a shell landed near us i seem to attract any fire that is going however no more came over and i was able to inspect my old and first village this is so near the trenches that no inhabitants are left and in fact few troops are now billeted there the church had a few more holes in it my dressing-station also had a big hole just where my room was but i was surprised to find that a big house opposite was now represented by a few bricks it certainly was an object lesson as to what high explosives can do curiously certain parts of the village were never hit shells seemed to have a limited zone of action and needless to say the centre of that zone was a church i was very amused one morning to watch a new terrier regiment when our old friend the six-inch howitzer went off they ran in all directions as they thought it was a shell bursting we had considered that this place was beyond their range but one night an eleven inch one wandered over and fell about fifty yards from the hospital luckily it did not explode end of section four